0: Uh, 3.07 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, as we always are. Uh, I'm trying to remember, how do we do this, uh, Julie Matthews? We do it at the last
1: we r- do Thursday? It <laughs> <What>? Last week <laughs> of the month. Is it typically? the last week no, of the month? it's
2: just one day a month. Usually it's Mondays. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm surprising yeah, you guys with a I... Thursday this month.
0: Well, we're glad to have you. So uh, Julie Matthews, a consumer protection expert and former troubleshooter over at global television. And you had asked me yesterday... Uh, what it is I wanted to talk about. And you you asked at a very opportune time because my daughter had ordered something from, I think, Uber Eats. And uh, it had arrived and wasn't what she ordered. And she didn't know what to do next because it's an app. So she didn't talk to anybody. And then you had suggested maybe uh, the general art of effective complaining. So when? How do you complain? When do you complain? <laughs> do you have to write without prejudice to the top of a I I mean, how do you do it these days?
2: Well, I think it really depends on what are we talking about. Are we talking about an app and something like Uber Eats? Are we talking about a car that you bought? Are we talking about a utility company? And they, there's so many different types of services. Maybe you're complaining about a product. And I think they all have to be treated a little bit differently. But there's some common rules. I would say that I'm... It's strange in this day and age to say this out loud, perhaps. Maybe I sound old school, but you should really write a letter.
0: A demand letter.
2: An act, well, I wouldn't even go that far. Um, a firm letter, you need to be clear and concise, and you need to send it soon after the incident happens. I'm always surprised, you'd actually be surprised maybe to know that a lot of people wait six months, even a year, to actually mm. complain to a company, especially about a product, and then it's hard to expect a company to maybe take you seriously. Um, I think if you have any documentation, photos, or proof about what you're talking about, so your daughter, maybe if she has a screen capture or something that she can show them... Look, this shows you that I, my credit card was debited. Um, I actually this is what I ordered on this date at this time. Um, it, lots of documentation. You can never send the originals to the company. Always photocopy them and send you know copies. And who
0: do you, How do you know who to send that to?
2: Well, that's a good point. So never send an anonymous letter. Never send you know to whom it may concern. With the internet nowadays, you can honestly find the contact information for really the president, the CEO, anyone. And here's a good tip: try LinkedIn. Hmm. Because a Finally, lot of people. Finally, a use
0: for LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> getting invites. And me, remember, me as well. I have no idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but a lot of people, right, they go on the company website, and a lot of companies will have management uh, contact information on there as well, but they usually tend to have customer service. And we all have our issues with call centers, and sometimes those are what you're dealing with when you call customer service. So if you can send it directly to an individual at the company, um, you might be surprised at the direct contact you can receive.
1: Is there more of a trend now to start complaining over Twitter, like direct messaging a company? I mean, Andrew and I were talking yesterday off the air about an issue he had with a flight called a call center. They provided absolute no help. He goes on to Twitter, direct messages the company. and Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here we go. There's your complaint. We're going to handle it right now, and we're going to go from there. Is there more of a trend that way?
2: Definitely. The, the overall rule technically should be go private, then public. So you really should go to a company first and give them that opportunity to respond. But it's important to consider social media as a valuable tool. Um, I myself have done that when I have tried to reach out to a company, you know, using their customer service line and, and gotten nowhere. And then I reach out on Twitter. But again, you need, don't threaten them. You know, being clear, concise and diplomatic um, is going to get you farther than threatening them because it's harder to take a it's harder to take an angry volatile customer seriously
0: so you say don't start with social media start with personal contact?
2: If I believe if, if it's an urgent matter, like let's say you're at an airport or you need, or you're on a locked out of your house, or maybe you're talking about a phone issue, like maybe you have no power at your house. I think you should just use social media right off the bat. But if you're talking about something that it's not urgent, I do believe that it's best to start with the company directly um, in a written sort of more formal way. Or if you're going to go social media, just make sure you're, being diplomatic, like well, don't yeah. start atta- I'm always amazed that people will just start attacking for and spitting venom without without. And using- then there's
0: nowhere to go from exactly, there, right? Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah,
0: and you know, we were talking about this yesterday as well. Just uh, aside from complaining, but I'm, I'm sure you would agree, Julie. We were saying that companies these days have learned that they need to use social media, or they need to have a social media account, but they need to also have a presence on social media. So it's not enough to have an account that's just sitting there with nobody monitoring it. Um, but by the same token, if you're going to go social media to contact. Take a look at their Twitter feed or their Instagram and see how often they've posted. And have they ever dealt with anyone's complaints on there? Because if they haven't, if that's not what they do, you've just wasted your time contacting them that way.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. I recently reached out on social media uh, for a rental car company with a complaint that I had. And I found it really interesting that I definitely did get more response on Twitter than I did, did through customer service. But I found it interesting that when they were done dealing with me on Twitter, they said, oh, please, would you give us really good feedback? Would would you oh. would you tell the company that our twitter team helped you maybe when customer service didn't so it's interesting that they're hiring these little sort of escalation social media people hmm. that are really proud of the fact that they're no like we we got on that really quickly and we dealt with your complaint and i have no problem and let's get to the other side of it Send out some compliments. It's not, you will be a more effective complainer and people will take you more seriously if you actually compliment sometimes as well. No one wants to hear someone who complains all the time. When you have good service or you have a good product, share that on social media too. Uh,
0: Great point. And, you know, I would add to that that, you know, you mentioned not getting hysterical to begin with uh, and keeping documentation. I would add to that, uh, be honest. don't exaggerate the situation don't lie about the situation don't uh, try to embarrass the company by saying you were waiting for three hours for them to take your order when it was really 30 minutes it might have felt like three hours but stick to the facts because as soon as they determine that you're not being factual you just lost all ability all credibility in order to get a resolution And, and really we've always said on the show talking about other things Complaints to a company benefit the company. They love to hear complaints because then they can correct situations for other guests, right, or other customers. But you have to be factual about it.
2: That's right. Uh,
0: Now, you uh, do you ask for a specific compensation Uh, if you say the Uber eats so it's missing a burger. uh, By the time they could cook another burger and get it to you, you'd have finished your fries. So. Can you say, listen, I just want a credit? Can you tell them what the resolution
2: is? There's two trains of thought on that. And most most people would believe that you should communicate exactly what you're looking for. Because if the company says to you, well, what can we do to make this better? Saying I don't know is not a good answer. You should already have put some thought into what you're looking for. Now let's be reasonable in terms of what we're looking <laughs> for as well, because a new we, car. We've all uh, <laughs> wouldn't we love the world? Yes, um, but be reasonable and keep that in mind. I think it's a good idea to have something in your head. Whether you want to put it in the letter or the email to them is something that's where things kind of differ. Some people believe that if it's more, you want to see what the company is willing to do for you. It's more like, I would appreciate a gesture of goodwill. And then see what they come back with. And you can be left with a bit of a negotiation there if you feel that's what you want to do with the company.
1: Do you feel like people take advantage of that, though? I know someone in my personal life that calls their television cable provider every six months and complains about something and says, I'm not happy with your services, and I'm willing to leave if you don't give me this. But they do it just so that their monthly bill is lower than it could be or should be do you know of anyone or do you know that companies who are commonly taken advantage of
2: I think there is a way to work the system for sure, and I think that's why people should be reasonable when they're dealing with companies. I do, however, from what you just said, I would go the other way and say, how many loyalty discounts are there out there that utility companies and telecommunication companies have that they never tell any of us about? (laughs) And if we call in, they're suddenly going to go, oh, we can give you everything you're currently getting for $10 less a month. So yes, I don't believe someone should be doing that all the time. But there's so many loyalty discounts out there that we're not being told about unless we call in. So maybe he's really not taking advantage of them. He's just Getting all those loyalty discounts. Boy, no, that, that is a Mil- Yeah, he's 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 accessing what they already are secretly offering, kind of. That is so true. Uh, including,
0: by the way, your credit card. You can phone your credit card company and say you don't like the rate of interest. And if you've been a customer of that card for some time, they'll often lower the interest rate for you. You don't even have to tell them why you'd like the interest raised or lowered. Just tell them you'd like it. We hear that from Kelly Keene uh, all the time when she's on the show. Just, oh, really? Yeah, just phone them and ask them. Uh, we need to take a break. Uh, When we come back, more with uh, Julie Matthews, our consumer protection expert. All right, we're sitting down and talking with, now I sound a little tinny, we're sitting down and talking with Julie Matthews, consumer expert. I missed a word there somewhere. Consumer
2: protection, protection
0: expert. expert. There you go. I'm former troubleshooter with uh, Global Television. So, uh, we had this story yesterday or the day before. Whenever you and I were texting one another. Um, And you said have you read this story and I happen to be reading it right at this moment and this one I think many of our listeners could identify with There's a senior in Calgary who was paying her Fido bill And the bill was seventy dollars and eighty-one cents But she was in a bit of a hurry perhaps wasn't wearing her reading glasses and she paid the company Seven thousand and eighty-one dollars. She just moved the decimal, but she then spent months trying to get this money back so pick up that story. What are you to do if you have overpaid a company and are simply not getting resolution from them?
2: Well, it's interesting when I was troubleshooter, I did a story on a similar issue. It was not $7,000 though. And in, in that case, they hadn't moved the decimal. Here's something that could happen maybe even, even more easily for us. You know when we go into online banking and we choose from the drop-down menu, what if we pick the wrong company? That's what she did. Mm. She sent it to and she had kept an old pay in there that she didn't even pay anymore. So she sent money to Epcor or Alta Gas or someone, an account that had been closed, but it still actually disappeared, went into the Took ether, the money, yeah. And then she couldn't get it back. Um, and so I learned from that is obviously be careful on online banking and obviously remove old accounts off of your drop down menu <laughs> on online banking. But in terms of what she did in that case, very unusual because it took months and that poor woman was dealing with cancer um, right. at the same time as well. So there were a lot of extra challenges that family was dealing with but really she did it sounds like all the right right things things, you know she contacted the company i i can't tell from the story if she'd reached out on social media or not but i know her family was involved so they might have tried let's face it this might be a good example where sometimes people feel like they have no other result than the media i mean that's that's why troubleshooter was a was very successful i'm sure here on 630 chad you get you know story ideas and things Mm -hmm. from people because sometimes you can do all the right things but How can you make them listen? And it's unfortunate sometimes when the media has to get involved or things have to be escalated on social media. Um, But sometimes that's what it takes for people to pay attention.
1: So, Julie, why are companies, why do they put up such a hassle when somebody does this by mistake? They look at the bill. It's $70.81 dollars 81 She threw in $7,081. And then it takes months for Fido to be, okay, yeah, you know what? After six months of looking into this, we will now give you your money back. Should it not just be, Well, you've clearly paid the wrong amount. You made a mistake. We'll get this to you in 10 to 14 business days.
2: Well, it came out in that particular story that they had the wrong address for her and they sent the first check to a wrong address and then they didn't catch it and then they didn't send the second one to the right address until after the media got involved. That's my understanding. Um, But why didn't they get right on it? And if the media can get involved and solve it that quickly, that means the company could have fixed it right away. The general rule of thumb is when you're dealing with a large company, you can't expect a refund before the next billing cycle, that that would be an unreasonable request for the most part because their systems are so large and it can take a long time for them to kind of you know make it make it through the system and kind of figure all of that out but really one billing cycle should be reasonable so that's the rule
0: of thumb then it is give them a billing cycle yes and and, you know another lesson to be learned here and it's it's you sort of said it as a throwaway but it's actually really important they had the wrong address according to Fido, if you take them at their word they sent the first check out it wasn't returned to them so it just went to an address that she previously lived at. They're not saying that FIDO made a mistake and sent it to some address they made up. She wasn't keeping her contact information current, so therefore it went to the wrong address. And I've certainly done that myself where I've gotten a T4 sent to a Calgary address because I haven't worked for these particular people at T4A in 10 years or 20 years, and that's where I lived. So you have to sort of keep on top of that as well. There's some shared responsibility here, but certainly FIDO should have paid that out much sooner than they did when they when she they you know when she let them know she hadn't gotten the check.
2: Yeah. And you know she was probably dealing with a call center and I throw out a couple of interesting little tips. When you're dealing with a call center, there's it's interesting to remember that they work on a timed system and that can actually work in your favor. So call center agents are often uh, measured by how many calls they can handle in an hour. So if you're willing to spend the time and continue really, to negotiate a bit. and wait them out a little bit, um, you might actually, they might want to get rid of you so that they can move to the next call. So it is something to keep in mind. I mean, I've got a theory. Tell yeah. me if this is true, sure, because I'll try. I, I
0: don't think that anyone's <laughs> ever told me or confirmed for me that this is true. And perhaps one of our listeners works for one of the tell us, Rogers, whoever, uh, one of the carriers. I've been told that there's certain magic words that whoever you get on a call center line that you say the magic word and you'll be escalated to somebody who has more authority to handle your call. And one of the magic words is cancel. So if you're, they're not resolving and you say, well, you know what, I'll just cancel my account. Typically, it's not the person you're talking to who says, OK, fine, I'll put through the paperwork. They say, I'm going to move you to, the, to this person who can handle that for you. But they're elevating the authority so that next person knows they're getting a person now. That's mad. Wants to cancel, but they've got other tools at their disposal to stop you from canceling. Does that seem to ring true?
2: I've heard that too, and I would say cancel is probably one of those stronger magic words because that's the one thing that they don't want you to do in most cases. I know that a lot of call center agents are trained to handle it themselves and and try, no matter what, not to give you to a manager. Um, but if you can wait them out and tell them that you want to cancel or you want you've been a loyal customer, I find loyalty tends mm-hmm. to be a good word to use with them as well because they they do want to maintain that for customers um yeah i I really i don't mind waiting it out on a call center and really just i don't either i actually quite enjoy it you You know know what i've got a lot of time today i i would i'm gonna need to speak to a manager and i have no problem and a lot of them it's important to know call center agents in a lot of companies are actually prohibited from hanging up on you Really. Now, if you are swearing Unless you're at abusive them, or, right? Or, yeah, yeah. But if you're not, they're actually not allowed to hang so up. So how on you. fast
0: do you escalate then? Because that, you know, you mentioned earlier not losing it off the top, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend losing it at any time. But I tend to, like, say I've got a problem with the hotel room. I will start with the front desk, and then I will go to the front desk supervisor. Then I'll go to the general manager. But I don't walk up and ask for the general manager. I try and, because if you have nowhere to go, if you start with the general manager and he/she says no, you're done. So how do you weigh up when escalation is the next step.
2: I think it comes down to, again, that urgency. Are you at a hotel and do you need that answer? Is it about something you need right now, or is this a product that you're emailing in about or a service? I would say, like, the things that used to come to me as troubleshooter, I would have said two weeks. Two weeks for a response from the company mm. is kind of reasonable unless we're talking about something more urgent. If you're on-site and it's something urgent, I 24 hours, I think, is lots, and if you're still not getting what you need, then I think it's okay to go to management. Again, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just right. accessing the system. You're not blowing your top, you're, you're, you're being firm, you're being polite, you're being diplomatic, you're just communicating your concerns.
0: Would, would you recommend, uh, I'm curious now, because I love TripAdvisor reviews, but oftentimes I'll read a review where I will wonder why that wasn't settled before the person got home and wrote the review. So would you recommend, you've gone on vacation, you've come home, there were a couple of issues you weren't happy with, would you go straight to the review Or would you write the hotel and ask for some compensation, or give them the opportunity to compensate you in some way on your next trip.
2: I always wonder about that too, and those reviews make me a little bit suspicious sometimes. I want to know if they tried first to resolve Mm -hmm. that with the business. I think businesses deserve a chance uh, to respond and make it better, so I believe in doing that first, uh, private first, then public, so then go social media, then do TripAdvisor.
0: Julie Matthews, always a pleasure to have you in studio, and as uh, with all of our good guests like yourself, it always goes too fast. Uh, That's all our time. We'll do it again on some (laughs) day.
2: See you in July.
0: (laughs) Sounds perfect. (laughs) The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.